0: Welcome to Baddies New Business with your co-hosts, Mackenzie Hatfield and Riley Jennings. Together, we inspire future generations of change makers.
1: So listen as we share with you the stories of baddies breaking the status quo and doing extraordinary work in the world. everybody, and welcome back to this week's episode of the podcast. Today, we have a very special baddie to introduce to you, Molly Delmar, a University of Arizona graduate and founder and creator of Mind Over Molly. We are so excited to have you. Do you want to go ahead and tell us a little bit about it yourself?
2: Thanks for the introduction, Kenzie. I'm Molly. I was born and raised in San Diego. I went to the University of Arizona where I studied retailing and consumer sciences. I really had a Big desire to go into the fashion world. Somehow in the mix of there, started a food blog, very different space. I was living in my sorority house, making oatmeal, which was pretty much the only food I could figure out how to make in our microwave with no access to a kitchen. Started posting pictures of it and evolved into my blog, which I'm sure we'll talk about a little bit later, but I ended up graduating, worked in marketing for a few years. And then I recently just quit my job to pursue freelance writing. So that's been taking up a lot of my time in my free time. I like to play volleyball, snowboard, travel a lot. And yeah, that's a little bit about me.
0: Amazing. I'm so excited to deep dive into more of your story. I know that you have a very interesting one that not everyone gets to hear. So everyone hold up. We, you know what time it is for Batty briefing, baby. And so Molly's going to be included on this week's Batty briefing. So first things first, intentions. Kenzie, sure. You want to kick us off?
1: So for my intention this week, i it's my spring break. It's my senior year spring break, the last one I'm ever getting. And I just really want to prioritize stepping back and just literally taking a break because I don't have anything really planned. Sway so and I don't really have too many plans. He's coming home from a work trip. We're just going to be hanging out, enjoying time with friends. And yeah, honestly, my intention is just to step back, take a break. Really like, I'm not even working this week. I took the week off and I think that was a really good decision on my behalf because then I can just be in a clear space, finish out the rest of our senior year
2: strong. And so that's my intention for the week. Beautiful. How about you, Molly? Uh, My intention is to be more intentional of my social media use. As a content creator, it's very easy to not only do your work part of social media, but also mindlessly scroll and i think sometimes i mask it as like inspiration but really anxiety scrolling for hours and not doing my actual work so trying to be more mindful of that um especially first thing in the morning i try not to look at my phone at all so really trying to do a million other things before i dive into TikTok for the day
0: that's really interesting i've always wondered exactly like um, content creators mindset around consuming content so we'll definitely dive into that later on in the podcast but as for my po- uh, intention this week I really want to intentionally do research because I know I write down things constantly I'm like oh I want to learn this I want to research this I want to figure out how to do this and I actually want to take a good amount of my like a small portion of my day to actually do it and so then it's no longer um I'm gonna research this it is I am researching this so that's something i'm figuring out how to do it's impressive how many things you can learn for free online as everyone knows youtube university so actually spending time my day to do that the next portion will be am i going to kick it off
1: again okay so for my favorite of the week i have been absolutely i know i have done the trend I say this every time I hop on the trends of things that are popular on TikTok or social media or whatever. I have been getting into green juice, which honestly is just because I've heard it helps so much with gut health and just like getting your greens in is important. So I actually found this brand. It's called One Up Nutrition and it's like a vegan greens and reds powder drink. And I've tried a handful of like green juices and I don't mind green juices, but this one I really like because it's super... I don't even know how to describe it. Like, it doesn't even... Some have that, like, consistency that makes it really just like it's a green juice. And so this one's, like, really, really good. Doesn't have that weird texture thing. And I just like that it's flavored, too. So it's, like, a mango flavor. So I actually genuinely enjoy drinking it every single morning. And I've been really consistent on it this week. And I honestly feel... A lot better just like when i wake up in the morning and i drink it and for the first few hours of the day i feel really cleansed even if i eat gluten which tends to upset
2: my stomach so been loving that love that what about Um, you molly see this is such a hard question and of course when i'm doing it during the day i'm probably like oh i love this but probably one is they're called frownies and they're basically these like paper strips and you can like they're perforated you move the shape and you wet the back and you basically they get rid of wrinkles so I will take like a strip that's formulated to fit my forehead and you wet the back kind of lift your forehead like this almost to mimic like how you would get Botox and you put it on and then I'll sleep in it and you wake up and it removes your fine lines and I'm like a huge proponent of if you need Botox, feel better, freaking do it. I have not gotten to that step yet. So this is my intro into trying to cover up those lines that I've noticed have started forming in the last year or so. So frownies, I think you can get them on like Amazon or Target. And that has been one of my favorites this week.
1: Yeah, let me literally go to my phone and order those right now. <laughs>
2: I'm like
0: noticing how often because I'm like we're mm-hmm. staring at screens all day, and I'm noticing how much I'm going like this, like squinting my eyes. And I'll invest in some what's it called, some off yeah, Botox, <laughs> exactly,
2: <basically>. yeah, non-invasive <laughs> Botox strips.
0: I had a couple for for mine. I have a couple in mind. Usually, I always shoot for like books or food or like that. Tends to be what I share, and I'm not straying away from it. So uh, what I'm doing is there's that soy chorizo from Trader Joe's and I know not everyone has access to Trader Joe's so sorry for discriminating but it is incredible it tastes just like meat I don't know what's in it I honestly I have to look but it tastes incredible it comes completely seasoned and it makes me feel like a chef I don't even have to put effort into making my food taste good because Trader Joe's got your back but yeah so that concludes the body briefing and we are go ahead and jump into you, Molly. What's up, Molly? Hey, Molly. If you guys don't know Molly, you're about to find out who Molly is. So, we already talked about who you are. We just want to know do you have something that maybe is like a secret talent or is it a secret, like, or like a little mindset that you have? Something that not everyone may know that you are able to share with the audience. Secret
2: talent. I am a really good hula hooper, but I don't know how much that pertains to baddies in business. But I guess if you ever need like a circus trick after a meeting, I am a really good hula hooper. But trying to think of another like interesting fact my friends joke that i'm a water snob and i hate to say that but i'm very particular about the water i drink which i feel like is strange <laughs> and i've somehow lucked out that my two roommates post graduating college are also water snobs and so we get Culligan water delivered so major shout out to Culligan for providing me with my daily water intake. I also have the Tink's water bottle. I guess we can add that to the favorites. She promotes the heck out of it. And I drink a ton of water a day. So that is a fun fact about me. Molly
0: is actually the founder creator of Mind Over Molly, her blog. And so you've mentioned that you, now you do a little bit of freelance writing. How did that kind of start? Did you start off with freelance writing or did it come from your experience in marketing? Yeah, great
2: question. So I've always had a passion for writing. Like in school, I was always gravitating towards classes that were very writing heavy. Math and science were my worst nightmare. Like always was into any class that I could take in college that was essays instead of tests. I was like, sign me up. I'd ask girls in my sorority, like how I could get out of taking tests and still do well. So that's kind of where my passion for writing began. And then I really started in college. Um, I wanted more like extracurriculars and I stumbled upon Spoon University, which is a college food publication. They had a chapter at U of A. It was based out of New York. So they had a bunch of different college campuses they worked with. And I started writing for them and happened to take off or like me starting writing with them because I was about to go abroad for a semester. So that ended up being really cool because I got to write from the perspective of an american in italy so that's kind of how i started working as a writer which turned into then my senior year i was one of their editors and then when i graduated i fell into social media marketing but then i strayed a little bit from the writing and i actually then got let go from one of my jobs we had lost some clients they didn't need me anymore and so i was like what am i gonna do i can't not be working and so i picked up writing so it's always been a good thing for me to fall back on i was freelancing for a bit and then wanted more stability. So I went back to the nine to five for two years. And then when I realized I really wasn't cut out for the nine to five, I liked making my own schedule. I missed writing. I decided to give it a go again. And now I've been doing that for a couple months and I absolutely love it. And it's replaced my full-time income. Very exciting stuff over here in the writing realm. I love
0: the picture you painted right there. It's like going up, down, up, down, up, down, you going back to what you love. And then you're like, okay, maybe I should be practical. And they're like, nah, screw that. I'm going back to what I love. I <laughs> funny, like,
2: looking, I'm like, oh, I wish I was like fresh twenty two year old me had been more confident and just full scent the freelance life. But I think at that time I really liked the stability and getting a paycheck every two weeks. And this was pre COVID. I liked the social aspect of going into an office. I liked having coworkers and benefits and 401k was, you know, singing to me. I loved that my company was giving me free money for retirement. Yeah. I eventually realized there were more benefits for me freelancing than staying in a nine to five. That's awesome. What was it about writing in general that like
1: drew you into it in the beginning? Have you always just known that you wanted to do writing? I know you touched on it briefly, but what kind of drew you into that?
0: Yeah. Was there something at a young age that you were just like doodling in your little like high school yeah. musical one notebook like, scrapbook? Writing
1: uh, <laughs> stories about the boys in school? Maybe that was just me. I don't know. Maybe not. You Maybe
2: know, kind of, sort of. I don't have any like specific early memories, but I feel like I was always in my head at least, like creating like fake plots to like books and movies. Like, I feel like I was always making up stories. And even if I didn't actually write them down on paper, like, I was always thinking, being creative. And then I feel like my first real memory of being like, wait, I might be good at this was in seventh grade. We had the creative writing class and they separate, I went to a small private school. They separated us by like, for lack of a better word, intelligence, I guess you want to say. It was like the smarter kids. And then it was split down the middle. And when you're in a class of 30, there's definitely kids in the middle. I would say I was probably in the middle to upper, whatever. I got dumped in the second half, we'll call it. So I was in the other class that didn't, that wasn't in the quote unquote exceptional writing group, which I thought was hilarious because I always thought I was a good writer. I thought I was a smart kid, but I was rolling with it. I got this cool teacher. I'll never forget her. She was so inspirational in like my writing journey. And we got to do all this creative stuff. And like, I was having a blast and forget why you were put in this class. I almost felt like I was in like remedial English, which was not the case. But, and so we'd write all these cool stories. And I feel like I would get good praise on them. And so I really started to get into it. And we had this contest where we had to name our schools like Snack Shack. And I ended up winning the contest, which I don't know if my seventh grade naming is my claim to fame, but I feel like- If this is where it all started- What was the name? You got to hear it. (laughs) uh, So I was the Falcons. And I creatively named the shack Falcon Fuel. And I don't even know if I I got it. Yeah, (laughs) bar. So I need to go back to my (laughs) elementary school because I wonder if it's still there. I feel like that's when I really started to realize, okay, I'm good at one liners, like crafty, like little captions, and that's probably why I did pretty well in marketing and advertising because I just always had an eye for how words like affected people, and you know. How people are drawn to copy and stuff like that. Yeah, I guess middle school Molly was the start of it all. I'm sure there's probably something before that, but seventh grade's probably my closest memory. I think what we're doing, like asking these type of questions, is we're picking up patterns, bro. Be
0: self like there's nothing better than self awareness, and at a young age, it's even better to be aware that you're like this is what I love to do. I'm not gonna stray away. I'm not gonna listen to what people say. I should go into math, even though I'm in math. (laughs) But the main goal of it is just you recognize your talent. You went to something you love to do. You bounce back and forth figuring out what exactly that looked like. And then in the end, you figured out something that was just really fit to your personality and your goals. which
1: that's amazing did you have like an aha moment when you work in your writing field either if it was either like when you were working for the company or you were freelancing that you were like oh my gosh all that makes sense now like growing up and making this name for this like the seventh grade elementary school stuff or was it like you just always knew because i don't know for me personally i had one aha moment when i was trying to decipher like what i wanted to do for career like what I wanted to major in, I was like, duh, Mackenzie. Have you not been, like, paying attention the past, like, 10 years of your life? Like, you've always been creative. What mm-hmm. do you mean? And so, I don't know. Did you ever? Have you ever had that aha moment after all these years and you're like, oh, my gosh, I literally did that in elementary school. And look at me now.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be honest. I feel like it's been very recent, like, in the past couple weeks even. Like, I've had a couple, like, pinch me moments that I can't believe that I'm actually doing this for work. I think a lot of our parents in that generation were very like nine to five. You basically work until the day you retire at a job, whether you like it or not. And I think I always liked financial security and I always wanted to have my own money and be able to afford nice things. I live in San Diego, it's obviously very expensive here. And so I think in my head, I always thought I might have to work jobs I don't like to afford life. And I think I got to a point where I realized I wasn't happy doing social media marketing, which is ironic since I'm a content creator, but I think managing other people's accounts was very unfulfilling. And so after doing that for three, four years, I gravitated back towards my passion. So I don't know, to answer your question, I haven't had one aha moment, but I think I've been like a pinch me moment now that I'm just very proud of myself, which is, it's hard for me to say I'm extremely hard on myself, but I think lately, like I've, yeah, giving myself more credit than I have in the past that I've, you know, worked my ass off and gotten where I am today.
0: Oh, and I something that I really loved that you said was that you had a very great talent in understanding how words affected people. And so let's talk about Mind Over Molly. Let's talk about your blog you started in college. You said it started off in food. And so just go ahead and go through the journey of what Mind Over Molly is. Yeah. So
2: when I was getting ready to come on to this interview, I was thinking I I have my very first post for Mind Over Molly. I actually framed it as That this was gonna be a lifestyle account. If you read the caption, it says, Welcome to my like food fashion and something else page. I don't know, whatever I said. And it's funny that it pretty much evolved into solely food for a few years. Like I was very focused on showing people what I was eating, what restaurants I was going to. I've always been a big foodie. My parents love going to new restaurants. So I feel like I grew up in a, you know, very food-focused environment, I guess you can say, or passionate about food. But I think it was more when I Graduated college or kind of was starting to leave school, that I realized like food was not my only passion. And I think it became less fun when your meals revolve around making content. It almost became stressful because, for example, when you're styling food photos, you almost have to fill the photo more. Than like what you would normally eat. So I would either be making like these huge portions so they looked good, or you're like trying to figure out ways to like stuff the bottom of the bowl so it looks full. And to me, it just lost its fun. And I had started it as something that was a creative outlet. I was in school, I was in a lot of like extracurriculars, I was going out all the time, but I needed something that was like stress free. And when it started to become stressful, that was always my like run tactic. I'm like, I want this to be fun. I want this to be something that I'm enjoying. So that's when it started transitioning to more lifestyle. But I owe Mind of Ramali kind of everything. It's pretty much gotten me where I am today. Like I started it in my sorority room in college. Not a joke, but like something that I was like, I'll post my oatmeal. And it <laughs> ended up landing me <laughs> pretty much every job I've had. <laughs> Which is wild. Like I was working at Nordstrom during my breaks. When I'd come home from college, I was a personal stylist assistant. And while I was working there, someone went on maternity leave. And so the guy that was doing Nordstrom Fashion Valley's Instagram got promoted to visuals, which great promotion for him. But they needed someone for the summer to at least cover their social media in the time being. So I'm like maybe 20. I've had Mind Over Molly for six, eight months, like not a huge portfolio to really like show for myself. And my boss was like, Hey, ever thought about doing this for someone else, like for a brand? And I don't know where my confidence came from, but I was like, yeah, I got this, whatever. So I ended up running their Instagram and Facebook for like three months. And it was a grind. Like now that I've managed even bigger accounts, I was putting a lot of pressure on myself. I'll never forget, like, I was crying in the stairwell one time. And one of the stylists was like, We work at a mall, Molly. Like, we work at a mall, take a deep (laughs) breath. This is not a big deal. But I'm just such a perfectionist and I really care about like everything I do, looking good and being my best foot forward, that I had like a mental breakdown over probably like a picture of a pair of shoes. But that ended up, (laughs) you're killing me. (laughs) It is funny now. Like, Thinking Dude. about it, oh, the amount of times I've cried at work, and I will fully admit it, because I think I just put an like immense amount of pressure on myself that I end up crumbling. But I was interviewing for internships for the next summer, and at the time I think mind of Molly had like maybe four thousand followers. Like I had grown pretty quickly in the first like year or two. And that kind of landed me my first internship at a marketing agency, which then got me my like next PR internship, which then circled back to a job at that first agency. And it just jumped from there. And I feel like I've met so many cool people and networked all through this one account that started in my twin bed at the University of Arizona. And it's just been really exciting to see how it's grown.
0: I don't know why, but I'm having this, like, statement in your head. Like I work tell myself mall, that Molly. all the time. Like, like,
2: when I'm super stressed out, I'll be like, now it's, you work from your living room. Relax.
0: I shop there all the time. I know exactly what you're talking about. But, yeah,
2: if you're ever, like, <laughs> feeling stressed, just tell yourself, we work at a mall, like... The things you think are a big deal are not as big of a deal as you make them out to be.
0: I do really love the idea of people doing something because just simply because they love it. And then it turns into their coincidental mm-hmm. career.
2: I didn't start it with the intent of becoming an influencer, or content creator, like the term content creator, I don't think was even in people's vocabulary yet. But I was lucky, the overall reaction from people, and when I say people mostly, like My friends at school, like it was girls in my sorority that saw me, you know, taking pictures of my breakfast every morning was very positive. Like I was getting good reactions from people in person. Like people were keeping tabs. I feel like they'd be like, oh my gosh, you're growing. You're like, oh, I saw your posts. Like I'm lucky. I feel like it was overwhelmingly positive, but I always say if people are talking crap about me behind my back, it only furthers my engagement if they're sending my posts to people and making fun of me. So make fun of me all you want. Um, I, don't, I feel like most of my friends have supported me since the beginning. And it was a really cool thing to grow with these people that have been there since I had 300 followers. It was really fun, like my college roommates, we'd get PR packages before I even knew that's what they were called or what the people got. PR packages were on PR lists. I don't think I even realized that until I started working in PR when I graduated college. And we would just get boxes of snacks sent to our little college house this is so cool we got like 50 loaves of bread in the freezer we just had a heyday <laughs> but yeah <laughs> bread yeah, I, won, I, I won like this brand canyon gluten-free sent me like one of every product in their line and we ended up like stuffing the freezer and all my roommates shared it but yeah it's been pretty positive and most of the people that have supported me since the beginning, still comment on my stuff, like, will text me, oh, I saw you post this on My Never Molly, or can you send me a link for this? I feel like it's really become more than a food blog that I started it, but like a resource for people. And I think my account's kind of grown as I've grown up, which I like, a lot of people are so focused on like, how your posts are doing and your engagement and, you know, followers, well, all that's great. I wanna be a resource for people, end of the day. if that's just 10 of my friends, I'll keep posting for them. I try to block out the everyone trying to be Insta-famous now. The, it's a very saturated space, but also I'm a firm believer there's room for everyone. I think everyone has something to share, but it can be very consuming when you're on TikTok all day and every account is like, how to grow on Instagram. And Your life doesn't need to be centered around growing on Instagram. And I think that's been the cool part about having this account for so long is I'm doing it for me and I'm doing it to help my friends mostly and the community that's been there. But my end goal is not to be making a full-time income from Instagram because Instagram could go poof at any moment. But um, I also like to be a resource for like affordable fashion, like Amazon hauls. I travel a ton. So that's a big goal of mine for 2022 is sharing more itineraries because people will DM me. They know I'm going on these trips. They know I have all the info, but I'm just trying to find a better way to actually share it and post it. So, I made my first guide on Instagram, which is the guide to Cabo. I went there in September with my girlfriends. A lot more travel content to come now that the pandemic's coming to an end and it's easier to get out there and explore places. I'll be
1: looking into that because I'm going to be doing so some much. traveling too. So,
2: perfect. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely.
0: There's something that you said that really like stuck with me because you're a content creator. I think that some people forget that they are, if they're really active on Instagram or creating something artistically, you are designated as a content creator, whether or not you absorb the title. You said that your life doesn't have to revolve around Instagram. And I think that's a really interesting perspective coming from a content creator. And so I was wondering if you can kind of talk more about that and like how you figured out how to be a content creator but not have it Right, yeah. I
2: think part of it is because I started such a long time ago, not everyone was doing it, and you know, not everyone was like going places because it was Instagram worthy, which I think has shifted a lot of the way people live their life now. I think one of the biggest things that's helped me is you'll see on Instagram a lot of content creators are friends with other content creators, and that's fantastic, but I think. When you have more people around you that are doing this like similar thing, it's easier to make everything about a shoot or photos. And while I do have friends I can do that with, the majority of my friends have normal jobs. They have lived seemingly normal lives that they're not posting their whole life on Instagram. And so when we go to dinner, like I really make a point to I'll take a picture of my food, obviously. But then I flip my phone over. I don't even post it while I'm there. Like I will wait till I get home to post like what I was doing and where I was because I want to be there to experience like a dinner or a moment with my friends. And while I'm sure they're all posting too, I'm not going to act like my friends don't post on Instagram because they all like some content as well. But I don't know. I've always found it very rude when people are on their phones at the dinner table or like so glued to their phone that you feel like you're talking to the back of their hand. So I really make a conscious effort to, I don't know, get the content I need when it's appropriate, but put my phone away because if I lose I'd be more worried about losing friends than losing followers.
0: I I love that so much because that's something I've just experienced because I think we're like six months into this now and I have started like hobby pages. I have Riley table and travel and like I'll post some travel things and then you post it. It goes a lot that. with
1: your, what you said at the beginning, having that healthy relationship with social media in general, whether it's like. If you're a content creator or if you're not, like you were saying, like your intention is to stop mindlessly scrolling because I know it's so easy as a content creator. I am i wouldn't like maybe categorize myself fully as that, but just through the podcast, like I'm actively on it through my job. I'm I work with social media. Mm-hmm. I have like clients and stuff to help and whatever for social media. So like I'm constantly on it. And I know we can say, oh, let's write it off as, yeah, it's just to get inspiration or whatever. But there really is like, a fine line between that and when you as soon as you cross it it's okay we got to really step back here because it can go down a huge spiral of just having that be so consuming all the time and so i really like burn out you do oh you so do and i think it's so healthy to have those like reminders yeah
0: i do I do hope, though, that we are, like, if you really think about it, like, we are content creators. I feel like it's a title that not everyone likes to take on or accept in them, and they don't have to. Like, there's no, I don't like the idea of putting yourself in the box of what typically content creators are. You are a content creator, but you're your own definition of it. You don't have to fall into this little box of what everyone thinks a content creator is. You happen to create content and you do something for yourself. There's another point that we had talked about off camera that I really wanted to just talk about because I thought it was really fun and not everyone gets to experience. You are. Are working with a tv show yes
2: i'm working with scene dating app and we are casting a reality dating tv pilot eventually will become a show fingers crossed but we're saying pilot because we have to make sure that a network actually picks it up so that's what i've been working on beside hustle to writing and mind over molly and that's been really fun because that's a completely new experience than any job i've ever done before
1: is there anything you can hey, tell us about like, what is it like? Like,
2: that you're allowed to speak upon? Because we're curious. Yeah. We want to know. <laughs> As you guys know from my background, I had a really cool connection. My aunt and uncle got connected with one of the founders of Scene, which in its base is a dating app. And they were moving to San Diego. They were trying to get the app out there. And I didn't even know at the time with the intent of a TV show. And my aunt essentially... She's the best. Also a Mind of Molly fan since the beginning. Really put my name out there and said my niece lives in San Diego. She's born and raised there. She knows a lot of people. I really think you get in contact with her. So a couple Zoom, I'm going to say interviews lightly, more like chats later. Um, I was on the team. I started as an ambassador. So I was just going to events, helping spread the word, telling people about the app, getting them registered. And it's turned into me being a producer and going to these events and now helping cast people for the show so i've been doing in between all the writing a lot of screening calls trying to get to know people see if their intentions are right and yeah we're looking to cast 500 people our working title is 500 first dates so that's what we're trying to do so if you're cool and single and live in san diego hit me up because i would love to hear from you riley
0: (laughs) okay let's start my let's start my interview okay
2: riley uh
0: and can actually, you ask, could you ask just one question? <laughs> could you ask just one sure. question from, are you allowed to do yeah, that? Like, Riley, um, What is
2: your ideal first date?
0: Oh my God. <laughs> so my first date would be, I want to go to Centennial Park in San Diego. We pick up some birria tacos from Chula Vista. We drive down to Coronado. We sit our butt on Centennial Park and we Beautiful. watch the skyline.
1: Can we tell she's thought about this before? Or no, there was. <laughs> She's reiterated this to it. me all the time. She always, says, this is my ideal date. If you want to win me over, this is it. Anybody asks, I love this is it.
2: <laughs> I appreciate the people we cast and know what they want because it makes my job a lot easier. One of the screening questions we ask is their ideal dating type. So, essentially, if your friend was helping you find a girl or a guy at a bar, like, what would you ask them to look out for? And so. I try to have them give me as much detail as possible, personality, looks, all this stuff. And sometimes people are like, oh, I feel like I'm too picky. And I always say, if you're picky, that means you have high standards. Like you can't be everyone's cup of tea. And if you want to find someone that you're gonna be with the rest of your life, like you should be picky. And if that means you're gonna paint me a picture of a man that I gotta go find a firehouse, like I'm gonna go find him for you. And the more detail I have, the better, because I'm basically on a San Diego scavenger hunt to match all these single people.
1: You are the ideal matchmaker.
2: <laughs> that's me. I'm going to change it. my LinkedIn title. I like somebody okay. who
1: talks.
0: That's something that's interesting. Never thought about that. You're
2: getting me thinking about right it. I don't uh, know why, you know, but anyways, can... I
0: was really interested because like how many times, there's a very few people who get to go through those type of interviews. Like I love this. And the fact that you're the one conducting them. What have you learned from that? What have you learned from people that
2: you're talking wow, to? Wow, people are interesting. That is something I have learned. And we have a lot of personalities and... I don't know it's just been it's like a social experiment for me it's been very entertaining to say the least
1: it's surrounded like in dating and i feel like that automatically is something that might be a weird scenario to be talking to people about in general and so i don't know it's not like any other tv show where i can't even think of an example but i just think dating in general like that's not very you don't really commonly ask hey let me sit you down for a dating interview Like that's a very unique perspective you have here and that's
2: yeah and people are one or the other there's people that really love to talk about themselves and they're dating and they want me to know everything about their ex-boyfriend and then there's other people that are very nervous which I get it we have a huge ring light in your face and a camera guy and there's someone you met four seconds ago asking you you know your dating type and what your ideal date is and all these personal questions about yourself so I totally get the intimidation, but we try to make everyone feel as calm and as possible. I take a back seat on the admin side. I collect everyone's info at the end. I'm very organized. I love a good Google slide, Google sheet, all that stuff. But I have gotten to do some of the interviews at our events, which are also very fun for me because I love chatting with people. So I get to do a little bit of both. I love how
0: you found a job that you literally, are, you're paid to get to know people and to get to know their dating life. How, how has this like experience, this combination of Mind Over Molly, working with the scene dating app, how is this all compiled into kind of how you see your career from here on out or your life from here on out?
2: Wow, what a loaded question. What do you want to do for the rest of your years on this earth? Just kidding. But
0: a totally <laughs> acceptable answer, I think, is you don't know and you have a list of things you want yeah, to do. Yeah,
2: it's really made me realize I enjoy doing Multiple jobs and having different streams of income. I think a lot of people, especially before transitioning into freelance, me being one of them, you get tripped up in the financial security of like your nine to five. But I mean, the rug could be ripped out from under you at any point. I had to learn that the hard way by getting laid off from a job. I think a lot of people learned that during the pandemic when they thought they had a quote unquote secure job. And so I think I almost appreciate more now than before. Having multiple streams of income, I feel more in control of my finances than I ever did before. Because if I lose one of them, I still have three-fourths of my income. I think that's been nice. And I think it also, writing and content creating are really creative heavy. So I feel like my brain has to be on all the time or like, I have to be in the right state of mind to sit down and write 3,000 words on Krispy Kreme donuts, which is what I'm going to do when we hang up from this call. That can be challenging, so <laughs> seeing has given me a break from that almost, I still have to be on and outgoing and chatty with people, like, I don't really have to think about it that much, because talking to people comes very easy to me, I'm lucky in that regard, so I think all of this has just made me realize, like, what I like to do, and how I like my life to look. Like I have a lot of flexibility now. I'm able to record this podcast in the middle of the morning. Whereas if I was working my nine to five, I would have had to squeeze you guys in my 30 minute lunch that I would shovel my food in and be my anxiety would be crippling as I go back to my desk. So I think I've just learned a lot about what I like and how I see the rest of my life going. And while I'm only 25 and probably gonna be working for the next 30 years, at least I have a better idea of what that looks like in an ideal world, I guess you could say.
0: I feel like you've embodied a message in that, which was gonna be, I think it's a perfect closure. Is if you can summarize everything we've talked about today into a single message, like talking to somebody, talking to a little sister, a little cousin, a little niece, like what would you tell them at a young age? Ooh,
2: I was listening to you guys' last episode on timelines and that really resonated that I would tell people, don't worry about it. Everyone thinks you have to have your life figured out at 21 years old. I used to put so much pressure on myself in college. I'd see these kids going to like New York to work at these big finance jobs. And I was like, wow, they must just have their entire life figured out. Like they look like they're killing it. I couldn't even find a job after college. I took a paid internship my first summer. Cause I was like, I just need money. And so I would say like to my little sister, don't worry about it. Life's short and you really don't know how many years you have. And I know that sounds kind of morbid, but it's true. Like you really don't. And so don't sweat it. Don't sweat the small stuff. And I know people say that all the time, but like, really don't like enjoy your life. Enjoy what you're doing because you don't know how long you're going to have.
1: Exactly. I was, this brings up a point that I was talking to Riley about, and I can't remember if I shared it in the podcast. I don't believe I did, but Riley and I were like having a conversation the other day and we were both just overwhelmed. We were stressed about little things. And I literally had just that morning done like a, like a team building thing with my team at work. And one of the things that the team builder was explaining to us is if it's not going to affect you in 10 <laughs> minutes, 10 days, or 10 years, then ignore it. Forget about it. Like, throw it over the I shoulder. Love that. No more. Like, that just goes with the idea of that don't let those little things overpower your purpose and, like, even keep you from doing them.
0: Molly, it was seriously mm-hmm. so fun hanging out with you today. I am. I hope that we can get together in person after yes, this. Yes, we're going to do your dating anyways, uh, this screening. <laughs> I think I can learn so much from you, girl. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much, Molly, for joining us today on Baddies Mean Business. If you would like to connect with Molly, please follow her on Instagram at mindovermolly. As always, all links will be provided in the description below. But thank you so much, Baddies, for listening to today's episode. And please stay tuned for another one next Wednesday. Thank you so much. Bye,
1: Baddies. Thanks, Molly.